You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 348. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 348. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hey. Do, do you count that down when you count me in, like to start the show? Do you count? Because I, I in lo- my head, yeah, yes. Because I watch your hands and I'm like, okay, five, five four, four, three. three. <laughs> but then, but then sometimes I'm like, wait, which one are you on? Because like you- your hands go kind of quick. <laughs> You'll know when I throw it to you. When you throw it on over to me, that's all that matters. That yeah, just, just throw wait, it at you. wait for the throw. Oh <laughs> hey, my gosh! Well, hello, audience. We have a topic that we have not covered for, I, I could not believe it. It's been like four years, something really? like that. Yeah. And it's the notion of forgiving yourself, mm-hmm. which I, I've i been hearing about this a lot. It's been very top of mind lately because of a novel that I'm reading, and I'll share with you guys about that a little bit later. But it's one of the things that I hear students bring to me all the time. In Deep Down and Dirty, which is my you know primary program that I do, where there's something that you've done in your past, maybe a decision that you've made, maybe something that you feel had a ripple effect or a domino effect, yeah, and n- ha- have had such a difficult time shifting that blame. And there have been so much blame, animosity towards yourself that it's really arrested your growth. Because usually what happens is you just prevent yourself from ever finding happiness. You kind mm-hmm. of put yourself in this perpetual self-berating beat up. So we're going to talk about all of that today. Okay. All of that. All of that. And I think we should probably warm up the mic so a little bit, don't you think? Warming up. Oh, with a uh, a segment we like to call. Would you rather? Is that what you're talking about? That is what that's, I'm talking about. about. I'm so glad you got that. Is the mic warm? That hint. We got the mic warmed up. So today's would you rather is, would you rather have to wear a motorcycle helmet to bed every night? <laughs> Or always sleep with shoes and jeans on. Oh, no. <laughs> I have fallen asleep in jeans before. and it's oh, Absolutely. The, it's the worst. I don't, I don't think I've ever fallen asleep with a motorcycle helmet on. <laughs> I know I have not. But I, I, I don't know if I've fallen asleep with shoes on. Not in my actual bed, like in covers oh, with my shoes. Um, mm. I pass out like on a couch or something. Right, right, right. But not like get under the covers with your like cozied in with some stilettos. Garden boots on. (laughs) Garden boots. (laughs) You guys, Mr. Smith has this new garden hat. Come on, don't embarrass me. It's Farmer Smith. Don't embarrass me. (laughs) He specifically told me. It's a tactical precision hat. (laughs) And it happens to be what I wear during my gardening. (laughs) Tactical precision. (laughs) <laughs> he so he 
he buys this hat and he tells me, <laughs> I bought a garden hat today. And I was like, oh, my God, tell me everything. And he goes, no, I'm not going to tell you anything because you're going to make fun of me. That's right. I was like, you got to promise not to make fun of me, but she does it anyway. There's right no, here on, in the public even. There's no way. There's no way. All right. Uh, so anyway, where were we? Okay. Motorcycle helmet. Well, so it <laughs> kind of feels like I'm going to sleep with a motorcycle helmet on already because – I wear my oh, the, giant yeah, yeah, headphones. Yeah, yeah. I have like these noise canceling headphones that I wear to sleep, and I need to get a different pair, something that's like a headband Not or so something. Bulky, yeah, yeah, because I can't really move side to side. <laughs> right, right. It's like I'm in you, an MRI. You could, you could, maybe you should get a motorcycle helmet. It's like I'm in an MRI machine. <laughs> 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 okay, so, but jeans and shoes, yeah. I would have definitely pick jeans if it was just jeans. Sure, sure, sure. But jeans and, and shoes? shoes? Yeah. Could they be slippers? No, tennis shoes. Okay. Let's put that in there right now. Because people are going to loophole it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I am going to go with the motorcycle helmet. Really? Well, be- only because, well... I'm well, okay, let me let me talk it out cuz I do really <laughs> like to to sleep. Think it through. I got to think it through. I do like to sleep on my side. So I take my headphones off after I've done my hypnosis and I've gotten myself pretty much asleep. And I kind of wake up a little bit, turn them off, put them on the side of the bed. And then yeah. I usually turn on one one of my sides. Okay. I really enjoy sleeping on my sides. However, it's a lot better for your back. And it's better for no lines on your face. Yes. Wrinkles on your face. Yeah. You get less wrinkles for sure. If you sleep on your back. Mm-hmm. So that leads me to, and I already have that feeling with those damn headphones. It's like I'm, so it's like I'm directing air, and you're protecting your skin from wrinkles. Yeah, because I, I, I already feel like I'm directing like airplane traffic with <laughs> those things those on. Headphones on. And when I go to sleep, you need some of those like laser or what are they called? I forget what they're called. That they use to. I don't even know this, what those are called. Those little flashlights with the cones on them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't even. Know I don't think I know the name of them. Lightsabers. Flashlight cones. <laughs> so, Cone what? Lights. Well, what would you pick? Um, I would definitely go with the helmet. You would. Um, I do not like my feet confined. You don't. Sleep. That's true. I I like kick the covers <laughs> off. Like I don't like my feet like confined at all. You you really don't. I always joked like if Mister Smith was a. Like a kangaroo, he he would <laughs> be kick a hole in the pouch. He would put his legs out like like when you're driving in a car and you let your legs hang out the side of the car, like like <laughs> just chilling on like a cross country cruise. I picture you as a little a uh, little kanga being like, nope, can't have my feet in here. Yep, that's about right. Because when we make the bed, and by we I mean me. So many segues about <laughs> Mr. Smith in this. Would you rather hear? If Mr. Can we stay on topic, please. If Mr. Smith is not home, no, because this is my show and it's a no nonsense show. <laughs> it's a lot of nonsense. It's, a, it's, it's mostly nonsense. <laughs> if Mr. Smith is not home, which you're going to go away for some days. some camping with your yeah. wilderness hat this weekend, I'm going on a three day walkabout. <laughs> that sounds like a fucking nightmare to me. <laughs> so you go enjoy the outdoors. It sounds magical, and. I'm going to have the most amazing time because when I make the bed and you are not sleeping in it, <laughs> your side of the bed stays completely flawless. And I just tuck my tuck my side up and the bed is already made. If Mr. Smith stays in the bed, it's it's, it's like kids made a fort in the bed. 
<laughs> that's that's what it is. Oh my god. Well, if I was wearing jeans and shoes, it would be worse. Nice so nice callback. Nice callback. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So we would <laughs> we would love to hear what you would rather. And we talk about this every single week over in our after hours community. After hours. Oh, a little beat, a, a little, little beat, beat late. <laughs> I was like, why is she hesitating? Oh, uh, that's me. That's me. Over in our After Hours community, which is our Facebook group. And it's amazing. Everybody is so compassionate and supportive and such great camaraderie. And I do bonus trainings every month. So you can always get questions answered if there's things that you really need some poignant advice on. Warm, fuzzy Wednesdays, all sorts of good stuff. But on Mondays, we discuss the would you rather. And everyone has to give their reason behind things. Yes. And I have to say, people have been pretty damn good about not loopholing it up lately. No, it's – it's uh, the last one was really good. There was a – it was unanimous that the unibrow, like that was – I know. Unanimous. I was kind of surprised by that. Me too. Me too. But one person said that wouldn't ear a nose hair – like cause an infection or something <laughs> and i'm like well no i mean maybe if maybe you, infectious laughter maybe if you don't maybe if you don't wash it well but <laughs> but then somebody brought up the really great point of how ticklish it is and i'm like you're right yeah. your brow it would be more like people just staring all the time like mole 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 that's right but they wouldn't it wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily affect your like that. day-to-day life yeah Feeling yeah, in your nose that is little, awful. That little flicker on the exhale. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about personal development. <laughs> <laughs> Off the rails today. Jesus really Christ. really is. Come on. And I've got Pull a lot. I have a lot. <laughs> I have a lot of stuff to say today. <laughs> do not piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. I'll do it. <laughs> oh, I'll do I'll it. I'll do it. All right. So let's talk about self-forgiveness. There's a couple of things that I want to underline here first. And Mr. Smith, as I'm going through this, I want you to think about if there are any instances or things that you've gone through in your life that you had a difficult time forgiving yourself for, or you always kind of blamed yourself or, ah, regret, I should have done this. Got to air my laundry, huh? Uh, Well, just think if there's any... Anything in particular that you can relate to. Okay. Okay. So the first thing that I want to say about this topic in general is that it is one of the most challenging topics in personal development. Mm -hmm. By and large, when we go through this in Deep Down and Dirty, we cover it in week three. It is one of those things where you kind of have to dip your toe in and most people have to revisit that, that week's module over and over again because when you have made up in your mind that you are to blame or you are at fault or you have penance to pay forever for something that you've done, it is so repelling in the mind to think I could allow that to go because we we think we need to kind of continue to punish ourselves. So I want you to understand that this is usually not a one and done. This is not a, I'm just going to listen to a 30-minute podcast and then be done with it. In fact, I've had many clients and students who got introduced to this concept at a retreat, let's say, and then we ended up doing one-on-one work together, or then we did hypnosis together, and we've targeted it over and over and over again. So I, and, and, 
each time there's a new layer that gets broken free. Sometimes the first step is just entertaining the idea that it's possible for you to forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about that, not that you're doing it, not that you're adopting it yet, but just, oh, there's an alternative reality besides holding my feet to the fire over this issue, right? Right. Okay. So give yourself permission to revisit, revisit, revisit. This is not a one and done. And depending on the depth of what you have done um, or what the issue is, it may really call for outside counsel and support. So if like if your negligence led to somebody passing away or something like that, I really highly, highly suggest that you get you search out therapy and somebody who you trust and keep sure. Keep going until you find the right therapist. All right. The second thing I wanted to say before we jump into my little formula here is that self-forgiveness is very, very closely tied to grief. So I'm going to put in the show notes, we did a series called The Real Reason You Are Mad and Sad, and it was about grief. Mm. And we did a part one and a part two. We're going to put that into the show notes for you. But it is likely that Tied to self-forgiveness are some of the stages of grief. Most particular are the sadness or that depression or just discouragement and or the anger, like getting repeatedly upset with yourself, berating yourself, speaking angrily or abusively to yourself. So if any of that resonates, please make sure that you are listening to the grief pods because especially the second one, there are a lot of tools and tips on ways to actually process emotion, ways to actually deal with what you're feeling around your lack of forgiveness. Okay. So for example, if you are having a really difficult time getting back into the dating scene because you feel like you messed up a relationship, like you, the one that got away. And you are constantly regretful and you feel like you're the one who fucked it up and you should have done X, Y, or Z. And now every time you think about dating, there is a surge of anger towards yourself or there's an overwhelming sadness. Then that's calling for grief. Okay. Processing. Mm -hmm. All right. So number one, what I want you to understand is what forgiveness is and what it is not. This is one of the biggest misconceptions about forgiveness, okay? There's an assumption that if I'm forgiving, that I am saying that that behavior or choice was okay, that I'm condoning that behavior. That is not the case, okay? So forgiveness is not saying that that behavior or choice was okay. Yeah, okay. That would be called condoning. (laughs) Right. Yes. It's different okay. than forgiveness, okay? And it is also not saying that you would do it again. Some people think that if I forgive, I'm letting myself off the hook and I'm saying that's okay that you did that and you could go do it again. Right. No, absolutely not. So let's talk about what forgiveness actually is. It is a choice to not suffer over a past deed any longer. That's it. It's saying, I recognize that you are more than this one instance, this one decision. Because what we do when we are so acutely focused on one thing that we have done or one choice that we have made is we negate all the other choices that we've made in our life. And we say, I must be defined by this one thing. 
instead of this myriad or litany of other instances where we've been kind, compassionate, kind-hearted, loving, all of these other elements of who we are, yet we pigeonhole ourselves and we are tethered to one situation or a chapter in our life when we feel like we failed, right? Yeah. So you have to recognize that forgiveness is just purely I'm choosing not to suffer over this any longer. I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying I would ever do it again. But I recognize that I am more than this one piece of my past. Absolutely. That makes sense. All right. So that's the first thing. Second thing, recognizing what is and is not your responsibility. Now, okay. this this can get really deep. I want to tell you a story that I just heard in the book, The Choice, by Edith. Oh, it's Edith Edgar. Alan Poe? No. <laughs> it's, 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 I'm, I'll throw it into the show notes. I can't believe I am. I've just finished reading it today. It's this amazing woman who survived the Holocaust. And so she is sharing all of these incredible stories. She became a uh, a psychotherapist and ended up doing amazing work. And she has her second book out. She didn't write this book until she was in her 80s. It's really wow. quite profound. But she tells this story about a, a gentleman who went to school with Hitler, a Jewish boy who went to school with Hitler. Hmm. And he outperformed him like crazy and ended up getting a spot in some sort of academic situation, and Hitler was denied. And this spot basically went to this Jewish boy. So that boy, <laughs> throughout the entirety of his life, wondered if it was his fault that he created, you know, that he made it so that Hitler had this animosity towards Jews, mm. and always wondered if I would not have stepped into my power and owned my, my academic academia and my brilliance and intelligence would would the holocaust never have even happened mm -hmm. so there are so many situations like that where we go if i would have done something differently this wouldn't have happened and what we are and sometimes that might have been the case but sometimes we're not allowing the responsibility to fall on the proper parties Another great example is being raised in an abusive household. And sometimes you put the blame on those people in your household. You blame your parents and it's an external forgiveness that needs to happen. Sure. But then sometimes, a lot of times, survivors will blame themselves. Like, it's my fault that my dad drank. It's my fault that my mom hit me. If I would have been different, if I would have done something different, then that would not have happened to me. And so it's a self-forgiveness that needs to happen. Okay. But what's happening in that instance is being extremely convoluted about who's responsible for what actions. So in that situation with Hitler, Hitler, there, that young man – taking all of the responsibility <laughs> for the behavior of Hitler right. is totally misguided. 
That's a lot of weight to carry. It's a lot of weight to carry, and it's not his. Yeah. It is not his because what you are doing in those instances where you say this is all on me is you're giving zero responsibility to other people's behavior and motivations and thought process. Like you said, it's way too much to carry. It's just not yours. So this is going to be different. For everybody listening, right? There may be stuff that you go, that is mine to carry. I did those behaviors or I did those actions. And then there are going to be other instances for those of you listening where you go, oh, no, I've allowed that. I've allowed myself to carry the burden of my ex-husband or ex-wife's actions or my children's actions, their decisions. Are we? Do we influence people? Sure, absolutely. And we have to be take responsibility for those things, but not 100, not sole responsibility. We are never in control of other people's actions, right? right? That's number two. Recognize in your personal situation what is and is not your responsibility. And again, if it's something as severe as dealing with abuse and where there really is a slippery slope there because it's mind control in a lot of ways, you know, that's what verbal abuse is. So that may be something that you really do need to look for outside counsel and get a really qualified therapist to help you. Sure. Especially if there's any type of abuse that you're working through. All right. Now, number three, if this is something that's possible for you, make amends. Go apologize. If it is something that happened in a previous marriage or with a friendship or somebody in your family, if there is a way to own your shit, do it. Get over yourself. Get over your fucking shame. Get over whatever mask that is. It it can go so incredibly far, not, not just for you, but for the other person if you do feel like you've wronged another party. Right. Now, some people that won't be as applicable to because – Maybe it's a whole grouping of people in high school or something like that that sure, you can't sure. necessarily <clears throat> deal with. But in it, and for those of you out there, there may be people who've passed away that you aren't able to actually make amends with. The other thing that just came up for me on that was be prepared for the other person not to accept your apology. Mm. You know, we were just watching a show where someone went to apologize to someone who's like, I, don't come to me for forgiveness. Yep. Like you're going to have to do that yourself kind yep. of attitude. Um, so be prepared that it may not go as planned. Brilliant. That's such an incredible point. I'm so glad that you brought that up because the whole point of making amends is that it is it is about your healing. Right. It is saying it's your ownership of the things that actually are your responsibility. Right. So – you know, like in that that situation with that young boy, he has nothing to apologize for. There's really no amends to be made for him. It's it's recognizing truly what is his responsibility and what's not. He was not in a place where he was instigating or anything like that. Sure. Uh, he was just owning his own brilliance. That's it. And we should all own our own brilliance. The responsibility needs to be on Hitler. Yep. So yeah. yeah. That reminds me of that book by Trevor Noah. What where, was the name of that book? I can't remember. We'll, we'll look it up and put it in the show notes. But remember when somebody adopted the name Hitler and he didn't know what it meant? Oh, And they right. were in like a breakdancing 
troop. Well, the way that and everyone was going, go Hitler, right, go right. Hitler. Well, they they hadn't been introduced to anything outside of their community. Right. So they didn't know who Hitler was. Yeah. So the mom that did know who Hitler was just thought that he was uh, the leader of a country. They didn't know anything about what his actions were. Right. So she thought, oh, he's a great leader. I'm going to name my kid after that leader. I thought it was like a dance troupe and he... No, he, Hitler was the one of the dancers in the group. There was a DJ and they would have like warm-up dancers to get people like started, right? He was <laughs> one Hitler. of the warm-up. Go Hitler. And so he, when he would go out to, to kind of get the crowd warm and get, get them moving and get the party started, their chant was, go Hitler. And they did it. At a bat mitzvah. That's what I thought. I thought it was something really. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a great, great memoir, by the way. Yes. By Trevor Noah. Um, Mr. Smith's looking it up right now. Yeah. Okay. So back to make amends if possible. If not possible, create your own ceremony of apology. Did you find it? Born a crime. Born a crime. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. We'll throw that in, in the show notes. Okay. Create your own ceremony of apology. If it's not something that's possible, if it's not somebody you can talk to or have that conversation with, then create some sort of apology on your own. Write a letter of apology. Uh, you could go to somebody's grave and talk to them. Sure. Do something ceremonial. Release. There's some stuff called flying wish paper that I absolutely love, which is you can write cool. write stuff down on it and then you burn it and it evaporates into the air. So make sure you're in a safe place to do <laughs> yeah. that. But something like that can be incredibly healing to say, I would not make that choice again given the opportunity. I am so incredibly sorry for whatever pain that I caused. I wouldn't I'm not that human anymore. You deserve this apology, whatever it happens to be. So make the amends if possible. If not, create your own ceremony of apology. And that could also be directed towards yourself. That could be writing a letter to that young version of yourself, that oh, that yeah. little child who adopted all of the responsibility. I was thinking about that because the thing I was thinking about is something that I can't trace the person. I, I, I would never be able to track the person down. Right. So writing it to my like it, maybe like writing that personal letter. Yes. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then burning it, burying it, ripping it up, something that's like, okay, and now it's done. Yeah. And now it's done. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Number four. This is an, another concept that's really difficult to wrap your head around. Know that whatever you did at that time, you were doing the best with the tools you had at the time, what you knew at the time. And, you know, I've talked about this a little bit on my other podcast, not another self-help podcast with my bestie. And she brought up the point that sometimes people think, I did know better. I did know better and I still chose to cheat or I still mm. chose to steal or I still chose to be an asshole to that person. And my counter argument to that was, and that was the best tool you had at the time, was to look out for yourself, to act selfishly. Every decision that we make as humans, we are always making decisions based off of safety, mm. what we think will take care of ourselves. So if we let ourselves get, you know, dramatically overweight we are doing that out of some kind of self-preservation 
right? It's not that that it's um, we didn't know better. Yeah. Right. Like we totally know better. Or smoking or whatever. Right. Or smoking or anything like that or or drug use you may have had in the past. Even though you're like you consciously could say, I know better. The tools that you had at the time were not to process the trauma that you had gone through, how to aptly handle your emotions, Mm -hmm. uh, dealing with emotional intelligence. You had a certain set of knowledge and those were the coping skills. Being a bully in high school or over drinking and making a fool of yourself. Like that's how you knew how to stay comfortable. Right. So please just know that whatever that choice was, even if it was malicious and mean, that's how you knew how to stay safe. Sure. That's how you knew how to take care of yourself. So remember it in maybe it's not that you did the best you could. Maybe that's not the semantics for you, but maybe you were operating with your skill set or toolbox that you had at the time. Maybe using that sort of a phrasing can can help anchor it a little bit easier. Okay. All right. So now what do we actually do about it? So number five is you need to decide. And this is one of those things that it may take you listening to this episode 40 times before you ever feel comfortable with this or dealing with a therapist or going through deep down and dirty or doing another program or something like that before you're able to actually make the decision. I find that you kind of have to knock on the door a few times mm-hmm. before you're really ready to go in. But you it's simply making a choice. It's making the choice that I am choosing to forgive myself. And one of the things that I talk about a lot in Deep Down and Dirty is choosing the semantics around it. Because for many people, I have found that it's hard for them to actually say the words, I forgive myself. So I like to have sort of a bridge phrase or semantics what resonates for a lot of people is i choose not to suffer over this deed any longer Hmm. so that may be your phrase but you have to decide on some kind of uh, ritual or journaling or writing it down some sort of line in the sand of i choose not to suffer over this any longer I recognize that this was a mistake. I recognize that this is not something I would do again, but I am not going to carry the burden of this going forward. Okay. So choose whatever semantics work for you and then declare it somehow. Use some kind of demonstrative step. Taking pen to paper can be helpful. Any of the stuff we've talked about around burning things, writing letters that can all be tied together, but a declaration of I'm letting go of this. Mm-hmm. All right. Then becomes the hard part. All right. <laughs> okay. This is number six. Because none of that was hard. Because none of this is hard. Because none of that, yeah. Because it's so easy to make a simple decision. Like, I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to start working out. Okay, that decision is not the hardest part. No. The hardest part. Or, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to get a degree. Okay, great. That decision isn't the hard part. <laughs> it's the fucking late nights writing the dissertation. It is working out and sweating and all it, all of the work of engaging with that decision, engaging with that choice. Yeah. So the same thing is going to be true, true for deciding to forgive yourself, deciding to let go. So you create a mantra. You have some sort of statement of I choose to let go. Or I choose not to suffer over that any longer. Or I will not carry that burden. Or I forgive myself. 
right? Something like that. And then you have to use that statement every time you're triggered. Okay. Okay. So this is what it looks like. Let's say you, one of those examples we used earlier, you always blamed yourself for how your parents treated you. And they were abusive and you thought if I wasn't so bad, they wouldn't have to drink. Or if I was, if I wasn't so awful, they would have stayed married. Something like that. So let's say you're chilling in your adult life and <laughs> just chilling in your you're life. just chilling all up in your adult life. And there is Valentine's Day comes along and you see all these happy couples or you it's Mother's Day. And you see all these people praising their relationships with their their parents. And you're triggered as fuck. And you start getting angry and you start getting frustrated. In those moments, it's about calling upon that mantra and saying, I choose not to suffer over that any longer. Mm. So it's in how you engage with the trigger. It's not necessarily that you're going to just stop being triggered. Right. It's that you choose to engage with it differently. So let's say you fucked up a relationship and you still harbor so much grief around that and anger towards yourself and your best friend gets engaged and you get triggered. It's in those moments saying, I choose not to suffer over that deed any longer. Now, depending on the potency of the emotion that you feel, you may have to purge it out. Like if... If you have an extreme amount of anger or a very palpable emotion, your heart's racing, um, you feel like you could cry, you feel sad, you feel angsty, and it's really rather intense, then that calls for being processed. So you might have to get used to crying over shit a little more often than you're comfortable with in order to move beyond it. Yeah, I was just reading in this same book, The Choice, um, Edith Edie Egger, I think. God damn it. I'm so mad at myself <laughs> that I can't remember. But it'll for sure be in the show notes. She was talking about a, a client that she had or a, a patient rather that she had who they did a bunch of aggression release every time she came in. And they started off by just visualizing and then screaming and things like that. And then she eventually got a punching bag. Mm. And they started where she would visualize really punching in the face her parents. <laughs> wow. Okay. And people that she needed to get that emotion out. Right. So this is one of the things that I talk to my students about all the time in Deep Down and Dirty is knowing the difference between when you call upon the mantra to help you and when you process the emotion to help you. Okay. So if you are really pissed, you have to process the emotion. If you're really sad, you have to process the emotion. If it's not that big of a trigger and you're not feeling overtly emotional, you can go straight to the mantra. That's a nice little sequence. Yeah. But Equation, if you will. It doesn't help you if you are racked with grief and you are overcome with sadness because your sister got engaged and you have all of this forgiveness work you've been trying to work through around your past relationship that you feel you messed up, if you're racked with grief, honey, you need to cry, you need to process, you need to primal scream, you need to do all of those things before you can use this mantra, Mm -hmm. before you can use that effectively. Otherwise, what we're doing is we're trying to put a Band-Aid on a giant wound. And we're going, oh, nothing to see here, nothing to see here. And oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm fine. And we're ignoring 
that potency of emotion. So mm-hmm. if the emotional current is strong, you process that first. Then once you've moved to the other side, you use your positive self-talk. I got Your you. empowering self-talk. Sense. Yeah. Because the emotions will get in the way of that. That's right. Yeah. That's absolutely right. So if it's a heightened set of set of emotion, sense of emotion, it's calling for being processed. All right. So uh, and this is something, you know, we talk about all the time because so many people in Deep Down and Dirty and pretty much all of us have familial issues. Yeah. Stuff that has been ingrained from our families of origin. Right. And if you are interested in that process and what we do. So essentially what Deep Down and Dirty is, it's the only way that I work with clients. And it's the only program that I do because I got really clear a couple of years ago that I only wanted to work in complete transformation. I didn't want to do these one-off sessions or these small little classes or things that were low touch. I wanted just to massively change the trajectory of people's lives, help them do that. I don't do it. They do it. But so really the common through line is just believing that you're not enough. That's the one thing that I see almost always. I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not valuable. And that leads to the behaviors of people-pleasing, perfectionism, trying to control, those sorts of things, high-achieving, overachieving. And it's perpetual unhappiness. So if that is you and you know that you have got to start changing this and you cannot continue going on this sad path, please go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. That's your first step. That's a free masterclass that I put together that that chronicles a lot of the work that I do and why it really is different and why so often you can listen to a whole series of podcasts or read books and nothing really changes because it has a lot to do with how the subconscious and the conscious mind work. So have a watch through that workshop. If it resonates, if it hits home, you'll see an opportunity to book a call with a member of my team right after that. Nice. And then and that's totally complimentary as well. And then you guys can discuss if deep down and dirty is a, a good option for you. So thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Workshop. All right. So let's do a quick little recap here. The six items to help you get through uh, or just start to entertain the idea of self-forgiveness. Number one, really understanding what forgiveness is and what it isn't. All right. Mm-hmm. Not condoning the behavior. Not saying you would do it again. Simply choosing not to suffer. Number two, recognize from that scenario, from that situation, what was and was not your responsibility. Or maybe it's happening now. What is and is not your responsibility. Number three, make amends if possible. If not, create your own ceremony of apology. Number four, know that whatever you did, you were using the skill set or the toolbox that you had at the time. It may not feel like it was you were doing your best, but you were doing what you could do to stay safe. Number five, decide. Make the choice to forgive and choose the semantics that really resonate with you. Maybe it's I'm choosing not to suffer over this deed any longer. And do some sort of ritual, some sort of declaration, journaling, something demonstrative. And then finally, number six, Create a mantra, some sort of self-talk statement that you are going to call upon when you are triggered. Hmm. And the only exception with that is to allow the emotion if it's really potent and start there first. Anything you wanted to throw in the mix or did you have a scenario you wanted to kind of share? Um, well, the 
I, I'm embarrassed to share it, to be honest. So I'm just going to give vagues. Okay. Because it's, I'm very not, very not proud of it at all. Um, but when I was in the military, I hurt somebody because I wanted the group of people that I was with to like me or respect me or so I could be in the crew yep. kind of thing. And there's no way to track that person down Yeah. to apologize to them. Yeah. But it does – it has weight on me in the in that it makes me feel like I'm less of a person because I did that. Like I'm not the person that everybody thinks I am because I did that action. Right. 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 Um, so I like the idea of – because I've always felt like I wish I could go back and apologize to that person. Yeah. So it's kind of weighed on me because I've always thought in that term. Right. But now I have some different ways to approach it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I can come at it from writing on a piece. I'm not going to use toilet paper because it's way too expensive these days. <laughs> but, but some form of – That's just negligent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just wasteful. <laughs> Although – I have flying wish paper you could borrow. Yeah, I'm saying it's it's probably less expensive than the TP. So. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I like the idea of – kind of letting that energy dissipate through burning that paper. That's kind of a cool one. Well, another idea that I didn't I didn't even think about, but this could also be radically healing, is to then also take some time to journal or write out all of the other things that you have done in your life that you really are proud of. Oh yeah, that's good. All it's sort of all of the kind of the the antithesis to that scenario, mm-hmm. like all the times you've been so thoughtful and all the times you've been so compassionate. Kind of and, like writing a pro-con list, right? Well, it's yeah. it's also looking at this massive difference between this one thing I've allowed to kind of eat at me versus and say that that's the man I am instead of looking at I'm not I'm negating all of these other pieces mm. of evidence of the man I am. In this case, I'm not doing that, but it does put a chink in the armor. Right? Sure. It's like, oh, uh, you know. I'm I'm not the man that everybody thinks I am because of that. Right. Um, not to say that I'm not a good man or that I haven't done great things. Right. But that action, like that I could do that. Yeah. Means that I'm not the man that I thought I could be. Right. 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 So um, I like the idea of being able to release it, though. That, that's definitely helpful. Good. And it's also that, again, those were your tools. Right. It was... I I need for my survival to be accepted into the fold right. to look you know amazing this is what I need to do here's my method of taking care of myself at somebody else's expense so that's a really big I think defense mechanism for a lot of people th- that we're like mean girls in high school. Right. You know, yeah. I, I totally have a bully situation that is similar to what you're talking about in when I was in seventh grade. And I am mortified to think of how I was. And I've actually mm-hmm. searched for that that person specifically on Facebook and reached out and made amends and done the whole thing. Right. And it's incredibly healing to go, OK, that that's what I was doing the same thing you were doing, trying to stay safe. Yeah. Right. Is it excusable? No. Is it understandable? Sure. You know, is it acceptable? No. And going forward, we're going to be something different. Right. Right. So exactly. 
Anyway, thank you so much for sharing that and being vulnerable. And we love you all so much. I'm hoping this was really helpful for those of you who are struggling with something like this. And again, if you need more support, please check out that workshop. I think it'll be hugely enlightening, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. And be gentle with your process. This is one of those things that you are likely going to have to revisit Many, many times, depending on the intensity of the issue. All right. We will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Ms. Smith, out.